Hey everyone, welcome back to the I Should Totally Be Dead Right Now podcast, where we tell true stories of survivors of true crime, natural disasters, and everything else in between. How's it going, Michelle? Um, I'm melting. Yeah. It's 600 <laughs> degrees in here. I'm sorry. You don't have AC. <laughs> Alas. I feel like I'm just sweating and sweating, and I apologize. No, like, you don't have to. I apologize. <laughs> we're I, both sweating and sweating. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> it's a little toasty in here, plus I lit a candle to make it smell nice, and then it got hot. Well, so. it does smell nice. Thank and you. And the smell matches our drink, <gasps> which mm. you nailed it. So well what is done. What uh, What did we decide it was? Simply Peach. Simply Peach Cocktail. Yeah. Correct. Thank you. Yeah. So it turns out this is super delicious mm-hmm. and wildly easy to make. Yes. So we got some of the Kearns uh, peach nectar, like mm-hmm. the kind that comes in a can. You can get strawberry, peach, whatever. We got peach. And then we added some of the, was it the peach crown that everyone mm-hmm. loves? Yeah. The, uh, so we got a bottle, like, so it's a shot of the peach nectar, a shot of the peach crown, and then I top the whole thing with sparkling water. Mm-hmm. And so it just makes this very peachy not super sweet. It's not super sweet, which but is just nice. Really delicious and refreshing. It's not too whiskey. It's not yeah. too sweet. It's just like a perfect balance. Yeah, it's, it's a really, like a perfect cocktail. I drank mine. Well, I'm on you my drink. second, and it's already gone because like, it's six thousand degrees in here. I know, right? <laughs> but I like to say it's also not morning, so that's a, a win for us. Yes, I know. So, well, look at us fucking drinking in Adults. the afternoon like normal people. Yeah. <laughs> so there we go. I guess, yeah. I mean, anything else? I I know. I can feel sweat in my eyebrows. Uh, Get over. (laughs) I just feel bad. I'm going to be muffled because I'm just whooping the sweat off. (laughs) Well, this last episode should have been my birthday episode, but it's not. It's okay. I know. I guess happy birthday yesterday. Thank you. Thank you. This will come out on the 12th, which is whatever practically your birthday yeah practically the month of september <laughs> is your whole is birthday whole month birthday. But mine is october i have yep. the whole month yep you have september thank you thank you <laughs> well my story is not birthday related or september nothing it's just not related but i thought it was interesting whatever so... my story is kind of related kind of yeah i That's had to fair. search pretty hard <laughs> I have some interesting facts about birthdays, though. Oh, really? You well, want to spell now? Or? Yeah, I'll just... It turns out that more people die on their birthday than any other day of the really? year. Yeah. Statistically, you're more probable to die on your birthday than any other day of the year. I guess that... it's, like, fairly common. Really? Yeah. I feel like the statistics of that is low because it's one year out of the one day out of the year i know it's that's why they're it's one out of 365 think it's that's why it's wild that uh-huh. you're just more likely so after like so now i already survived my birthday yeah so, so you're I'm set good. you're okay. set for okay. another year okay that's good that's good to <laughs> come know. around again tiktok yeah. caitlin <laughs> now i'm fearful you're of like, my birthday be. well and i was looking up um i guess suicide is huge on birthdays Aww. also which is a less cheerful thing okay, to talk Michelle. about but yeah i just thought it was interesting that so is interesting. i found a lot of death on birthdays not a lot of survival so like i said i had to deep for my story <laughs> all right well i'm excited to hear what you <laughs> came up with yeah all right <laughs> so this story is about ken rutherford and jerry white okay so Jerry's going to come in a little bit. Okay. So we're just focused on Ken This right is now. all about Ken right now. Okay. So it is December 16th, 1993. Mm. And Ken is 31 years old. And Ken is working as a training officer for the International Rescue Committee in Somalia. 
Oh, wow. His job, I know, right? So his job was to help people apply for loans so they could rebuild their country. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. So on this certain day, he was driving um, his Toyota Land Cruiser, and he was inspecting a program site near the border of Ethiopia. All of a sudden, his car explodes. What? Yes. He actually ran over a landmine. (gasps) Oh, that's Mm -hmm. terrifying. Ken comes to, and the first thing he sees is his right foot lying on the floorboard. Oh, I'm a, not attached to his body, presuming. No. Oh. And his whole car is just full of blood. Just, oh, my gosh. And... I can't even imagine trying to come to you in that situation. No. Like, is that my fucking foot? I'm right just there? doing my job. Yeah. Why I'm is waking there blood up? everywhere? Yeah. And, oh, my God. So he was not sure, like, is that my foot? He was in shock, of course. Yeah. And yeah, it was. But what he did is he kept trying to put his foot back and it just oh. kept falling off. Oh, dear. I know. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah, he was in shock, I yeah. think. So then he looked at his other foot. It was there, but the top of his foot was completely gone. Oh. And he could see the bones connecting to his toes, but some were missing. Well, he's like, now I've got a schematic to put my other foot back <laughs> yeah, together. There we go. But Ken found the strength to drag himself out of the car. And luckily, his radio that he had on him was still working. Ugh. So he called for help. Oh, my God. Waiting there to be rescued, he prayed to God. He said if he lived through this, then he would like to marry Kim, which was his fiance of two months now, Aww. and to have a family. He started to cough up blood. And he knew that he had also some internal in, um, injuries, and the taste of his own blood was sickening to him. Uh, I would imagine. Help arrived, and they placed Ken in an evacuation plane, which went from Somalia to Nairobi. And a, on this plane, there was a Belgian doctor, an American nurse, who actually gave him some of their blood so he would survive the flight oh, to the hospital. Wow. I know, right? That is... Ugh. Yeah. He states... I am here today because of the resources I had at my disposal. I had a radio to call for help and an airplane to evacuate me. Most landmine victims are not so lucky. The United Mm. Nation estimates that an average lifetime care of a landmine victim costs from $5,000 to $7,000. My medical costs have already exceeded a quarter of a million dollars. I was going to say, that seems pretty low. Well, I maybe because... People don't survive. I mean, yeah, probably. I'm sure. Yeah. So, oh my gosh. Ken underwent 11 operations, including an amputation of his lower right leg, which mm, were the, that's the, the one where the foot was off. Oh. Um, this incident fueled Ken, and he became a speaker and delivered presentations about landmines in 40 countries. And over the years, he actually published five books as well. I thought this guy was already effing impressive, <laughs> and now he's like. Injured himself wildly. Right. Well, not himself, I guess. Anyway. But now he's doing even more amazing things. Mm -hmm. Thanks a lot for making me feel like an asshole. A lazy one. So this was in 1993, but in 1997, they actually had to amputate his other leg. Oh. Because there were some complications. Due to probably the foot injury. Probably, yeah. the whole top of it. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. But this is where Jerry comes in. Oh, yes, indeed. I forgot about Jerry. (laughs) So, Jerry White, we're going to go back a little bit. So, Jerry White is 20, year, 20 years old in 1984. Oh, so, okay. This is before. So, this is before. So, Ken. actually, they're, well, never mind. 
so he went to Israel for his junior year to study abroad at the Hebrew University. Okay. During spring break in April, Jerry and two American roommates went out hiking in northern Israel. They were tracing the footsteps of biblical prophets. Okay. So they went off the beaten path a little bit to set up camp. One morning, Jerry went ahead of his friends to scope things out, but that's when he, in fact, stepped on a <gasps> landmine. Oh. He states, I can still remember the deafening blasts and the smell of blood, burnt flesh, and metal. Oh. Well, they're so hidden. Oh, yeah. I mean, you won't you even know. Even Absolutely tell not. Tell there. His friends heard the explosion and rushed to him and rolled him over. He was alive, but Jerry could now see the extent to his injuries. Oh. His, it's interesting, his right foot was ripped off. I wonder if that's, like, where they stepped first. Yeah, that's true. Uh, Shrapnel had lacerated his skin, and his left leg was open and raw with a bone sticking out of his calf. Oh, my gosh. Ugh. Yikes. Unfortunately, they had no radio and only could yell for help. Oh. (laughs) Oh, my God. So, he could either bleed out, or the friends can try to carry him out through a landmine. Oh, my gosh. You know? His friends were super brave and carried him all the way back, and there was no other Oh, my God. I carry you back, Caitlin. <laughs> Thank you, Michelle. <laughs> they got him to a hospital where he spent five months and <gasps> underwent, ele- uh, he went, underwent five operations. One of them was an amputation of both of his legs. Oh. So he had to relearn how to walk with prosthetics. So how do these two men connect? Yes, indeed. Other than Besides just landmines. Land <laughs> Shut up. well they also lost their foot these two actually came together and co-founded the lsn which is landmine survivor network oh which later became survivors corpse okay um they let or corporation survivor corporation whatever they led the way in an international campaign to ban landmines the objective was to have the world free of anti-personal mines and uh, cluster munitions. Uh, this campaign has since grown with active members in 100 countries, not Russia or you, the U.S. <laughs> but, well, I don't uh, know if we have a huge problem with landmines over here. It's, over here? Yeah, no. not in this country, but right. um, probably some parts. But, I mean, for the most part, yeah, we've not... As unfortunately, yeah. as other countries are. Well, unfortunately, Russia right now with the war in Ukraine, they have been using landmines. Yeah, mm-hmm. a prominent supporter of this was actually Diana, Princess of Wales. Oh. Ken and Jerry actually accompanied her on her last humanitarian mission to visit landmine survivors in Bosnia. Oh wow! And that was just three weeks before her death. Wow! Yeah. But Ken and Jerry were awarded the Nobel Peace Prize in 1997 for their role with the international campaign to ban landmines. Oh. I know, right? So yeah, they've just been doing presentations. They're um, I know Ken is uh, a teacher. Of, of political politics mm. or stuff like that political silent science Sci- yeah. yeah so it's just interesting that this these two tragic totally unrelated things, tragedies yeah brought them together and they got the Nobel peace prize i mean dang i know how cool would it be to do something so amazing that you got a Nobel peace prize for it i know right <laughs> Like, That'd be great. You're an, just an incredible human being. Yeah. And everyone should know about it. Yeah. We probably won't get one for drinking and telling stories. But, you know. I feel like we should. <laughs> <laughs> 
No, that's a... Uh, but I don't want to stay up on landmine, you know? Yeah, I mean, also that, also that. How scary. They, uh, Jerry said there's no signs, no fence, no nothing. And you, you could just walk in. out. Oh, just thinking you're hiking. You're trying to find, like, the biblical prophets, you know? And then, boom. Yeah. It's so scary. And usually people don't survive that, I feel. I actually know two people over in Israel right Oh, really? Now. And one... She was uh, posting pictures, and mm-hmm. you could see the missiles trying to come down, but they have that, what is it, the iron? I don't know. Oh, shit. What the hell is it called? It's I have no idea. I'm iron something, you. iron shield, or anyway, it's this, they dome. shoot them, iron dome. I think uh, that is, in fact, what Oh, is. look at that. But they're able to shoot down all the missiles that are shot at them. Oh, And wow. so you just see them coming down, and then... Shot like out of the air while you're in your hotel room, and it's like I just can't even. That's so scary. Imagine how scary that is, especially what's happening in Ukraine right now. I couldn't even imagine. Yeah, I know. We were like, we're going to Europe this winter. No, we decided to stay home. (laughs) That's fair. (laughs) Yeah, it's just you never know. I mean, gosh, the world has just been turned upside down with. After COVID and everything, it yeah. just seems like everything's just crazy and chaotic. I think so, too. Yeah. That's so, so sad. It's wild. It is wild. But. Well, now we need another drink. Yeah, no, absolutely. But uh, <laughs> Ken and Jerry, freaking good job. Way to come together. I know. And change the world. Yeah. Like, right? That's really what they're doing. Yeah. Ugh. Good for them, man. That's incredible. I it love does you. make me feel like a lazy asshole. That's yeah, right? true. But. You know, someday. Someday. I'll get know. there. <laughs> We're working on it. Nobel Peace Prize, here I come. We're doing something awesome. I don't know what. Saving the bees. <gasps> Ooh, good yeah, one. there you go. Would you get a Peace Prize for that? I don't know. Yeah, bees are important. Yeah, absolutely. We would die without them. Okay, thank you, Kate. You're welcome. <laughs> thank you, Michelle. All right. We'll get Drink it. time. Drink time. All right, Michelle. Okay. Uh, let's move on to yours. Um, I feel like mine is a little bit related in a not really at all kind of way, but when <laughs> okay. we get to it, I'll tell you. Okay. Or you'll right. probably know, but anyway. All right. Yeah, again, not related at all, but a little <laughs> bit related. Okay. Well, of course I was looking for a someone who died on their, or almost died, or survived <laughs> oh on their God. birthday. Right. Okay. We got there. For. And so it took me a little while. Because again, it was just like suicide, suicide, suicide. Mm. I was like, oh, well, this is the most depressing yeah. search ever. So I ended up on this story. Okay. This is about Mark Littlemore. <laughs> and so I'm taking this back to uh, June of 2014. Okay. And the month starts off just like normal. His... Nice. Uh, son's seventh birthday was early in the month, so uh, they celebrated that. And then his best mate, Mark, as well, also had a birthday. So he had his big annual birthday party in the middle of the month. Which so two Marks. Yes, okay. two Marks. All right. So it, he said the birthday party had a few beers and some DJing. Sounds like oh, a good time to yeah. me. And so it was, like I said, just sort of a normal month going through it. And then Wednesday, June 18th, he took a train down to the BBC offices in London uh, to talk to his team about some new BBC initiatives and things. Okay. And so uh, after the meeting, they all went to an African restaurant around the corner um, and had some hot and spicy jerk chicken. 
And so he actually said it wasn't so tasty, but oh, oh no, <laughs> the African ginger beer oh, was not as tasty, I but see. the jerk chicken was delicious. Great. Nothing unusual. He got back on the train, headed home. Okay. Turns out that that jerk chicken will be his last meal for a couple of months. What? Yeah. The next day, it started, is what he said. It started. It started. Okay. It was him feeling a little bit poorly. He came home from work because he wasn't, he was feeling intermittently hot and cold, you know, Mm. just sort of normal sort of flu symptoms. Okay. And he was like, oh, I probably have a little bit of a stomach bug or Uh maybe a little bit of food poisoning or something like that. Yeah. Um, And then by the evening, he was vomiting and having (gasps) diarrhea and everything. So... He texts his boss and was like, listen, I'm not, not coming, yeah. I won't be into work this Friday. I've been up all night throwing up. We have those days. Yeah, we all have those days. Mine's usually alcohol related, but <laughs> no, I, not anymore. That was my 20s. Those are long gone. <laughs> and he ended up having to cancel other plans. Like he had plans at his wife's school. He was going to teach 10 and 11 year olds how to write video games. And his wife, Claire, was like, this is very strange for you. You're usually, you don't break plans. You're not usually sick like this. Mm-hmm. So she decided to take him to the doctor. Okay. The doctor gave him, I'm assuming it says Dyrolite. I'm assuming it's like Pedialyte. Probably um, something like yeah, that. Yeah, it's like. Uh, like some, their lights and. Yeah, something to rehydrate himself. Okay. So probably has more of the electrolytes and as you say. So he went home with his Pedialyte and he attempted to, uh, drink them and it turns out he just couldn't keep any liquids down he couldn't keep any food down he couldn't keep any liquids down so all their family plans were canceled for the whole weekend because he was down for the count yeah and then he was still feeling sick come monday that's crazy um and his wife noticed that he was having difficulty walking they were like i think this is more than just normal tummy hurts Yeah, yeah you know this is not Food poisoning, this isn't, you know, because it'd be gone by now. It's not a stomach bug, you know. How long does the flu last? The flu, I think, can last anywhere from like a week to two weeks, if not longer. Uh Um, Spoiler alert, this is not the flu. Woo! They went back to the doctor. Okay. And when they examined him, they found that if they touched his stomach at all, he would cry out in pain. Oh. But he actually has no recollection of that. At this point, he's starting to like be out of it. Okay. Yeah, so something is... Not right. Terribly not right, yes. And so they were like, we need to get him down to the accident and emergency department immediately. I'm assuming it's like our intensive care or emergency room. Okay. Again, this is over in the UK. And uh, it's clear that the symptoms were much more serious than they first imagined. Mm. So at this point, his memory starts to get hazy, and he actually doesn't remember a lot of what happens. Oh, he no. just sort of has taken his wife's word for her memory right. of what happened. So she had already taken the morning off work, um, needing to drive him to the doctor. And so she drove him off over to the accident and emergency department, and he almost collapsed, like, right as they got into the emergency room. Really? Yeah, and thankfully, he had a doctor's note from his original doctor that says, like, this guy needs help right away. So they were able to sort of go t- yeah, skip through triage and just go immediately to the back. And they realized he was wildly dehydrated. Mm. So at this point, he has not been able to keep liquid down for five days. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So, I mean, he originally got sick 
Thursday morning and now we're it's Monday you know so it's been a little while so he was admitted into the hospital mm-hmm. and he was actually put in sort of like a quarantine room because Just in case, yeah or... they didn't know what was wrong with him mm-hmm. at this point and they didn't want him in a room with a bunch of other patients right. who were having their own issues and so they started giving him IV fluids and they were just trying to determine what was wrong and so his wife the next day brought his kids in um and she said he was looking better but he was very confused Mm. like he just wasn't following the conversation and just not real clear and he was convinced that his their friend's son had been in a terrible car accident and she in fact he was like you have to google it this happened and turns out it was just like a big hallucination Holy cow. Like, it never happened. His friend's son was fine. No car accident. That's weird. Yeah. And so they realized he had been given morphine for the pain and was now having hallucinations. Oh. So. I see. Apparently he told, like, the doctors that came in that he was feeling fine. It was probably time to just let him go home. (laughs) (laughs) They were like, uh, no, we're going to keep you. So... Claire visited again uh-huh. and then left at 7 p.m. that night. And then at 10 p.m. that night, she called and was just like, hey, is he doing okay? And they were like, yeah, he seems to be doing okay. And then at 2.30 in the morning, mm-hmm. she got a call that said, you need to come down here immediately. <gasps> Mark is very ill. Oh, my gosh. So, it's crazy how fast that happens. Yeah. No, they were like, he's doing okay. Yeah. And so at this point, his blood pressure had dropped to almost nothing, and he had multi-organ shutdown. Oh, so my gosh. So his organs are starting to shut down on him. They still can't figure it out? Nope. Ugh. Well, they figured it out. Okay. Like, right this very moment. Oh, The next great. sentence. Is oh. <laughs> like... So it turns out he had sepsis. Oh. And so sepsis is a condition that the body's immune system Mm -hmm. goes into overdrive to try to protect itself from infection. Okay. So let's say you have an uh, infection somewhere. Uh It'll, I guess your whole body just sort of turns against you to try to get rid of this infection. It can be very, very dangerous. Interesting. Sepsis is wildly I I hear that word, but I don't actually know what... Yeah, I'm actually not even with this. Still <laughs> not fully sure. I do yeah. know. Um, so is your body attacking yourself to yes. try to help yourself, but it's actually not. It's helping. actually hurting yourself. Very. Okay. Turns out our friend Paul, who was on the podcast a long time ago, uh-huh. he uh, dropped a piano on his foot. Oh. And you know it started to get swollen. He just sort of ignored it. You know, uh-huh. it's like yeah, it hurts. Big whoop. And then it was like a few days later, and. His wife was like, you should probably go to the doctor. And turns out he was like within hours of having to have his foot amputated. What? Yeah, because it was just, he could have, if he had let it go for another couple days, uh-huh. he probably would have died. And really? at the very least would have had to lose his foot. Oh my gosh. No, it's it's very serious. And so back to Mark. Yeah. They did a CT scan to kind of get a better idea of what was his drop in blood pressure. What they found is there was a problem somewhere in his bowels. So they weren't fully sure where. They, of course, thought back, like, was it that spicy jerk chicken or Uh was something else going on? But they had to go into do bowel surgery. Oh, okay. (laughs) What that's called. Uh, But fortunately, he had the best... One of the best surgeons uh, in the area, okay. like, on hand. So they did, like, investigation surgery or whatever, or, like, just to see? Yeah, I think they were just trying to 
find the infected okay. piece of bowel and remove it. Oh, okay, okay. Um, I don't think they cared why it was infected. Right. They just wanted to get it out. Fair. So uh, the operation, they concluded that he had acemic, acemic, Acemic sounds good. Yeah. He had an acemic bowel due to inadequate blood supply. And now what I think that is, and actually we should probably look it up before I... I think it's when your bowel gets twisted and part of it kind of dies. Oh, it just looks like a partially blocked or... Yeah, blood flow. Blood flow. Yeah. All right. So he didn't have enough blood flow to his bowels. Interesting. Um, body is so weird. Okay. I know. Right? Yeah. So... They uh they were able to remove the infected piece of his bowel. Oh, okay, they found it. Okay, uh, yeah, and so they were they did everything they could mm-hmm. to make it so he wouldn't have a stoma, which is an opening in the stomach, which waste travels out of your stomach like into oh, a bag. Right, you know what yeah. I mean. Uh huh. So you're like, yeah, I got people it. with uh bags. Yeah, it it's that. Out. I know what I you're talking saw, about. I saw on TikTok. A colostomy bag. Yes. Yes. I saw some on TikTok. She showed, like, she showed her stoma and she, like, how she cleaned it and how she put on the bag. It was so interesting. Oh, wow. That's scary to I me. know, oh, right? I wouldn't want that. It, you know, what he says is it's not very glamorous, but if it's a chance to save his life, oh, he's sure. okay with it. Yeah. So they ended up, they took a sample from his now removed bowel. Okay. <laughs> and they sent it over to microbiologists to try to find the cause of the infection. Um, and he was given like broad spectrum antibiotics in order to kill any, like any infection okay. in his body. Yeah. And then he had to be put into a medically induced coma. What? Yeah. He, they felt like his body had a better chance of recovering if he was at rest interesting okay and at the time he was also given like huge amounts of drugs i mean he's oh. on pain drugs he's on antibiotics can't really do anything anyways of... might as well just sleep it off yeah no exactly not have quite as much hallucination like, i guess yeah also, yeah so he ended up having to have of course the tube down oh. his throat to keep his windpipe clear uh he was too weak at this point to even breathe Oh my god. Uh, his lungs were controlled by a ventilator. He was given drugs to sort of increase the strength of his heartbeat. I mean, just all of his organs were shutting down That's crazy. and everything yeah. was just getting crazy weak. Ugh. And he like the heart medication was also to try to get blood flow to all of his quickly dying organs. Oh. You know, everything shut down. Ugh. All of his blood had to be passed through a dialysis machine. Wow. Uh, to clean it out of toxins. His blood pressure was still dangerously low. And his body was dying, but he was kept alive by the miracle of modern medicine. So Claire and family mm-hmm. were told by the intensive care unit that his condition is deteriorating. <gasps> And despite increased support, he's un- unlikely to survive. Awful. And so they were they were all pretty sure he was going to die yeah. probably that night <gasps> even. Ugh. So after six or seven days in his induced coma, they started to reduce the amount of drugs that they were giving they him. Because they were just... Well, he's still alive. He's right. still kicking it. So now they're going to try to bring him up and oh, try to okay. get they him a little... They just have given up. They have not given up oh, okay. at this point. Yeah. They're like, forget it. Pull the plug. Right. We're done That's with right. Mark. Sorry, buddy. No, um, he was still around after six or seven days. So now it's time to start trying to bring him out of this induced coma. Okay, okay. So they were decreasing the amount of drugs. And so he would start drifting in and out of consciousness. Okay, makes Um, sense. And 
he was still on super strong painkillers, antibiotics, and he still had a lot of confusion and disorientation, which means at the time he had no idea what was going on with him. He didn't know where he was. He didn't know what was happening. He was just completely like, what the fuck is all this? Right. And of course, they uh, that was all the sepsis. I guess. It just Hmm. makes you confused and disoriented. Makes sense. He said his dreams felt oddly lucid, um, but they were super crazy and involved things that he can only imagine that he heard around him in the hospital. Oh, interesting. Like, so he started including, like, conversations that people were having around him into his dreams, and they were super vivid. It's like, shit, it would happen to you, I think. Right. You'd be like, you don't even know the dreams I had. So... (laughs) He had a dream he was being operated on while he was in a boat in the Caribbean. He had a dream that he had been on fire in a Victorian building in London. I mean, just like... That's kitty stuff to me. I'm just kidding. You're like, that ain't nothing. I got some weird shit. (laughs) And he just had a hard time separating dreaming and reality. You know, it's just... That's crazy. I guess I don't know what it's like to be in a coma, and hopefully you never do, but... How interesting. I always wonder, like, how it is. Yeah, how how much can they actually hear? Yeah. How much are they actually conscious? How, how you know they can remember? Yeah. Interesting. Well, apparently you just have a lot of crazy dreams yeah. about all the crap that happens around you. Huh. So, thanks to Claire, he slowly started to regain some understanding of what was going on. So, I'm assuming mm. she just kept explaining what was happening. So, the microbiologist had finally discovered... Uh, that he had contracted streptococcus. Is that how you say this? Sure. Well, anyway, I, like I know. It's like strep throat. Oh. It's the same. Bacteria? It's the same bacteria. Group. Okay. Streptococcus group A bacteria. I feel like I totally swore just now. <laughs> <laughs> I guess it's normally found on skin and is generally harmless. But if it gets into your bloodstream or into your deeper tissues, it can cause major problems. Hmm. And so they found that to be the source of his sepsis is this strep bacteria that had gotten into his blood somehow. To this day, he still doesn't know how he contracted it, but he still thinks about that jerk chicken that he had eaten. He's never going to touch it again. I know. He's like, forget it. I'm never having jerk chicken again. It was probably the African ginger beer. (sighs) That's crazy, though. Like, something that is so, like, is not deadly, just, like, on your skin, which is, like, the biggest organ we have. But once it gets inside, it's like, forget it, you're done. That's interesting. I know, I wonder if he had maybe a cut somewhere or something along those lines. That doesn't say that's completely Well, yeah, it's just observation. Yeah. (laughs) So. We're not doctors, so. Yeah, clearly. Like, (laughs) bitches, that is obvious. (laughs) So it took Mark a while to... Uh, be able to speak again because he had the the tube down his right, throat. Right, right, right. Um, and even once they took the tube out, he still had a hard time breathing. Everything oh, was just so weak. weak. Okay, his yeah. lungs were weak. His limbs were weak. And it it took him. He had lost a lot of weight, and it took him over two years to regain his really? weight again. Yeah, he was just wow. um, a reasonable weight again. So he was just wildly emaciated. Yeah. So he ended up spending 45 days in intensive care. Dang. And he said it was an incredibly difficult times. Uh, he's still coming to terms with the fact that he was very ill and his body wasn't functioning. He had to learn to breathe on his own. He he had to wean himself off the ventilator. And just being able to get his lung capacity up was a huge challenge. Wow. But the thing that kept him going was just thinking about getting home to Claire and his kids. Oh. You know, so I can just be home with them again. He had to learn to eat again. So, That's crazy. Because he had been tube fed for 
25 to 30 days at that point. So he says it, he had to be spoon fed yogurt and soup in super small portions. And then often he would just become sick after eating it. So it's like he couldn't even keep the that food down because he wasn't used to it yeah it wasn't used to it so it just took a long time and he knew that he was like needed to gain weight and he said just and every time he'd be sick it would just be soul destroying because he Mm. just really just wanted to get better so after a month and a half in intensive care he was eventually weaned off the drugs and the dialysis machine and was able to go to a normal hospital okay and he actually said that this was pretty scary because in intensive uh, care, it's yeah. one nurse to one patient. Okay. So he had the same nurse always coming to see him, always checking mm-hmm. on him, you know, unless it's a different shift. But, you know, he saw the same faces all the time. Right. In the normal ward, it's one nurse to every 15 patients. Oh, wow. So he would only see a nurse maybe twice a day. Oh. And, you know, when you're there, you know, in this incredibly hard situation, you're just dying to see somebody. Yeah. And, you know. So he was really happy whenever the nurses came by, poor guy. And then he just went through having to learn to walk again. Right. All his muscles are all wasted away and just having to build that all up. He, uh, when he first started to walk, he would almost faint because his blood pressure was still so low. And so it just took a long time to even just be able to sit up properly and to be able to start using crutches. And so it took him about three months. To be able to learn to walk again. And then he started having numbness in his feet. This is where the foot thing comes in. Um, The relation. It's very thin. Okay. (laughs) Okay. We're reaching. Uh, Yeah. Uh, But I guess he had necrotic tissue in his feet, which Mm. is, of course, the tissue that is dying and killing other tissue around it. Oh. You don't want it. Right. Yeah. It doesn't sound good. So it was all because he had this lack of blood to his feet. I mean, he's just suffering from lack of blood everywhere. And so they thought they were going to have to amputate his feet. Um, And but fortunately, he was able to keep walking and keep moving forward. And he was able to keep his feet. Oh, that's good. That's good. Okay. Yeah. He the nurse was like, I'm surprised. (laughs) Yeah. Essentially, like you should have lost your Lost your feet a long time ago. So on September 18th, 2014, Uh what is that? Four months later? Yeah. uh, He was able to go home. Oh my gosh. Two days. I know. He was almost in the hospital for 90 days. Uh, I know. It's a long, long time. And he said that's when his recovery really started to take off. You know, now he's home. Familiar environment. Yeah. People who love him are around him. So he had the stoma to deal with. He had a catheter still that he was unable to remove still. He could still barely walk and was exhausted and, you know, was still close to fainting. But he just kept on going because he always had that constant fear uh, that one of his toes or his feet were going to have to be amputated. Mm. So he couldn't take any days off. He couldn't rest. He just had to keep on going. He ended up actually having to uh, have half a toe amputated hey uh, that's not as bad as what it could be <laughs> that's you said looking at the bigger picture half yeah. a toe ain't so bad he knew it was going to change the way he walked and mm. you know pretty much his body would never be the same again but he felt like it's okay i'm alive i'm right. still kicking yeah absolutely you know? <laughs> So after six weeks of being home, uh, he managed to have the catheter removed, oh, okay. uh, which is never a fun experience, I'm as sure. he says. And after eight months, he was told that he could have his stoma reversed. Oh, 
And so he, they were able to reattach his lower intestine and uh, be able to start functioning normal again. Wow. I know. Oh. Now, May of 2015, he had the operation and he was able to use the toilet again. Aww. Aww. He ended up, he has a new normal now. He's thinking of things differently. It means uh, planning holidays uh, a little bit differently because he's got new things to think about, you oh. know, how quickly he can move. and. I see, okay. And, you know... He has to find new ways of exercising that are lower impact and things. So he's taken up cycling. He set up new challenges for himself, such as spending more time with family. Hmm. Um, he'll never be the same, but he says it doesn't really matter anymore. What really matters is that I'm still here with Claire and my children. Absolutely, man. <sighs> I just found that so interesting that like, when we're born, I mean, we're breathing. You know, it's something we don't learn. Yeah, you just when, do it. Yeah. But when, you know, you get in an accident, you have to relearn how to breathe and talk and eat and walk. Yeah. It's so interesting because we learned that all since, you know, as we were children. So it's like second nature to yeah, us. Yeah, how has this gone for me? How yeah. did I forget how to do this? I did this all my life. And all of a sudden, <laughs> within a month, I, I don't know how to do it. Ugh. It's so bizarre. Man, the human body can really F you up. It can. It's like, uh, it can with, Mark, like, we're done with you. Yeah. We're going to just attack the shit out of you. Mm-hmm. and. Yeah. Not today, sepsis. It's like, it's amazing what the human body can endure, but also what it can't handle. Yeah. Which is so crazy. Yeah, it's incredibly rugged and incredibly delicate. Yeah, at, at the, the same, same time. time. Uh, I'm so glad that He was everyone, able to keep yeah. his foot. Yeah. Except for the half of the big toe. Yeah, whatever. I mean, <laughs> bye. Yeah. But, wow, that's a great story, Michelle. It was a little bit of a longer one than I'm used to. Oh, that's good. No, not yeah. Too bad. No, absolutely, no, absolutely not. Mine was shorter, so. But no, that was great. Dang. Aww. Human body. Thank you, body, and also fuck you, body. Yeah. Well put, Caitlin. Thank well you. put. Thank you. Uh, it's like it's trying to like we're trying to help you, the body, but then it's like no, you're making this worse. Well, and you know when our friend who we had seen like two days ago was like, oh, by the way, I almost died, and it's like, what? Yeah. What? If you had, if he had not gone to the doctor, he would have been died. Yeah, <laughs> it's so bizarre. It's so crazy. But I'm so happy that Mark is uh, alive, alive and well. And well, well done, Claire. Yep, I'm taking care of him. Take yeah. care of your man. <laughs> I didn't feel good about any of that, but <laughs> no, it's just nice to have uh, that support. Yeah. Oh, even Google says this is rare. Oh, fewer than two. Oh, the 000, the bowel thing. The yeah, the infraction. Ischemic. Yeah. Is Kima. Yeah, is Kima. Is Kima. Yeah, I said that all wrong. Whatever. <laughs> all right. Well, uh, good stories and. Uh, good stories, good drinks, good company. There we go. Ah. Just not the weather. And, yeah. Too hot. Six million degrees. I'm sorry. All right. Uh, we'll see you guys I next think time. My ankles are sweating. Okay, goodbye. <laughs>